What makes a great solar business? How can you learn from the past and prepare for the future so your solar business thrives? We set out to answer these questions and more. My name is Nigel Morris and I'm the Head of Business Development at Solar Analytics. Welcome to Great Solar Business, proudly brought to you by Solar Juice. Well, hello solar friends and welcome to another episode of Great Solar Business coming to you live from All Energy today. Um, it's actually really weird to be doing this in front of people, so thank you for coming along. Usually I've got a great Dane sitting next to me, um, uh, making me feel awkward and knocking things over in the room. Uh, but uh, thanks so much for coming. I also, um, my, um, it's my wedding anniversary today, my 20th wedding anniversary. And um, so I'm actually dedicating this episode to my wife. Yeah, big shout out to Claire. Um, like so many people in the solar industry, you know, I've missed pretty much every wedding anniversary because I'm at an event or a conference or something and um, my long-suffering darling Claire happy anniversary um, so this week we've got a doozy of a topic and in fact it's such a doozy that I expect my boss to turn up and start heckling at some point because he was most upset that I was proposing the topic of peak solar but it's something we should all really pay attention to because it's gonna happen at some point um, I've got a guest who I'll introduce in a second, but I want to set the scene for you because back in 2014, I was doing a lot of industry forecasting. We were trying to project where the industry was going to head. We'd do a low, a medium, a high. We'd do all sorts of forecasts and we'd try and you know, understand what was driving the industry, how many homes would, would get solar. And um, we would do that five or six years in advance. So we were often trying to understand what these impacts of various different schemes would be. Um, what really blew our minds, and this is going back to 2014, there was that we could see that if the industry kept accelerating at the rate that it was, we were going to hit 70, 80, 90% rooftop penetration in the distant future. And it wasn't that far away. It was in that sort of five, six, seven year timeline. Uh, and the industry, sure enough, is projected not far off that level. So the, um, the theory, the, the story that we want to discuss today is, you know, have we hit peak solar? How far away is peak solar? What does that mean? Um, I'm going to start off by putting everyone's minds at ease that the solar industry isn't going to fall off a cliff, okay? Everything's cool. Uh, go around the show, buy some solar panels, buy some batteries, <laughs> it'll be okay. But it is something we need to keep in mind, especially if you've got a solar business and you're thinking about what the future holds. So, uh, with all of that, um, let me introduce Rick Brazil. Rick, welcome to the show. Thanks, Nigel. Good to see you again. Good to see you again. Um, now, I'm sure a lot of people out there and in here know Rick, but Rick, give us the elevator pitch. What's your, what's your backstory? Why are you here? Okay, so um, basically, we're here to actually support businesses, sort of roll out clean energy solutions to reduce emissions because we need to desperately and quickly. Uh, and so, started the business uh, 15 years ago as we transitioned from the Business Council for Sustainable Energy, which were the industry advocacy group for that's the predecessor for the CEC, the which you were leading. C, yeah, the CEC. Yeah. So, um, always passionate about um, the solar industry and have been 
sort of pleasantly surprised to, to sort of get our projections so wrong so often. <laughs> um, but I think we might be right now. Excellent, excellent. <laughs> so even a, what do they say, even a, a clock that doesn't work is right twice a, twice a day. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Great, that's a good intro. And, and for what it's worth, one of, the, um, one of the great things that I get to do every year is I get a phone call from Rick for the last 10 years or so where he says, hey, look, I'm working on the projections for the clean energy regulator. Yep. Uh, Rick's one of the consultants that helps work out what is likely to happen in the market and generate the SDC forecast every year. So we have a little chat every year about what we think's you know, gonna impact the market. Um, uh, I always look forward to that call from you. So let's start right there. Um, you, know, you would be in the build up to doing that forecast again or you've just um, done one? Actually, it's quite interesting. We're, we're in the process of, we've done a draft report. We did a report uh, a few months ago for the Clean Energy Regulator and we're in yep. the process now of updating that with the most recent figures. Right. Um, and we'll do that in the next couple of months. But the other thing we've been, we've been working on, uh, we do projections out to 2055 for AEMO. Wow. Looking at uh, level of batteries and PV installations. Wow. Um, and we've just completed that analysis. Wow, so 2055. The, yeah, so AEMO wow. needs to plan, you know, you've got to plan the, the system that yeah. far ahead. And so there's a couple of really interesting issues that throw up when you start thinking about what does a PV market look like out sort of um, sort of 15, 20 years, let alone three yeah. years for the SEC projection. Yeah. So, yeah, well, let's, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. But let's, let's start right now um, and talk about penetration and saturation right now. I know it varies by postcode and by state and everything yeah. else, but give, it, give us the high-level overview. Where are we at with penetration levels? This, so this is owner-occupied uh, freestanding yeah. dwellings is the normal yeah. metric. Where are we at today? Well, I've, I've, forgive me, I'm going to use, um, I've, I've got my spreadsheet open, so um, I'll use that. But, but the point I'd make, though, is one of the things we've worked out is we can't continue to use the same metric as we used to. Interesting. Um, we still do, but, uh, but to give you an example, we, we expect, um, oh, sorry, let me just get these figures right. Uh, we expect to see... Um, Basically, Queensland and South Australia are pretty well um, hitting more than 70% of uh, detached or semi-detached uh, unoccupied dwellings. But the point when? on... When? In the next couple of years. Next couple of years. years yeah. But um, we've now called into question whether that's an appropriate metric. Ah. And, and for, for a number of reasons, because um, eventually even rental properties, you know, houses that might start out... Um, you know, as uh, owner-occupied, go into the rental market. Right. And we've also seen um, people putting PV on holiday homes and um, yep. Airbnb homes. And so uh, we're now moving, until we did this for AMO, we're moving to um, looking at all um, sort of detached and semi-detached, regardless of who owns them. Right. So the uh, ownership issue is going to just be out the window because well, we're, it's just it's, rolling now. Yeah, it's rolling. Right. And, um, but... And, and I think when you look out far enough, you can't just limit owner-occupied at a particular point course, in time because houses will have changed status. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so that's a really interesting one because, so, you know, my, my alarm bells are going off, 70% rooftop penetration in Queensland within a couple of years. That was the headline you gave me. Yeah. But that's owner-occupied. We know that, what, 30 40% are not owner-occupied, so that pulls that yeah. down to 30 40%. Yeah, potentially. So, so it's a lot less than that. 
Right. But nevertheless, so you are seeing quite high levels of, um, of, of sort of saturation or penetration. Yes. Um, but I think we're sort of quite a way off um, from maxing out. But in, in our EMO projections, we get up to over 80% of, of total... Um, total total wellings. Wellings with the solar wow. system. Yeah. When? Um, uh, that's by about 2045 or so. Okay. But, but interestingly, uh, some of the other states are a bit lower. So this, this will normally be Queensland and South Australia well ahead. Yes. And then some of the other states, Victoria and New South Wales, are a bit behind. A bit behind. Okay. And the, maybe the way to think about that is there's a lot more um, sort of pre-existing older dwellings in a suburban, more apartments, high, yep. higher urban density. Yep. And so less likely, so you've got less penetration. Essentially. Right, right. And so, more trees, more established trees too. Um, so, okay. And, and when you're doing those projections, I mean, one of the things a lot of people who are out there installing tell me is, oh, you know, it's, the roofs are getting more complicated. The customers are getting more complicated. Um, uh, ha, ha, can you factor that in? Do you, do you have a, a factor that you're including in your calculations where you go, look, we might have 30 or 40% of those dwellings available to sell to, yes. but we can't actually do it because it's Tony Abbott's house or yes. whatever. Yes. Uh, uh, yes, we do, but we don't. Uh, we look at that in a uh, in a macro sense by saying that as the level of saturation increases, it gets harder. Right. And so you need a better payback. So we use we use right. payback as the key metric. As the driver. As the driver. Right. And yeah. so as the um, as you getting as you're soaking up all the easy homes, yep. the economics get worse, yep. and therefore the sort of demand gets lower. Gets so, softer, yeah. yeah, yeah and so yeah. what we're seeing over time is the, um, the level of new installations uh, is, continues to fall. Yep. But, uh, and this is an important point, that we're building over 100,000 new homes every year. Yep. And these are all detached homes. So these are all potential so we're adding 100,000 potential new solar sites every year every as well. Year. And, the, and if I'm not mistaken, the penetration rate on new, new homes is actually quite high, uh, right? It is, but we don't look at that. But yes, it'll be much higher because much you can higher. then start to... Um, and we're seeing some of the uh, new home builders actually factoring and putting PV in Straight new in. homes. So they're Batteries, designing, EV charging, yeah, all that so stuff. So they're designing yeah. houses yep. to accommodate PV. So great. They're, you know, they're solving potentially some of the orientation issues. Great, great, great. So on our journey, just to give everyone a perspective, on average, about 300,000 homes a year? Um, last year, yeah, we're over, uh, yeah, over 300,000. So over 300,000. Yeah, so, so over 300,000 solar homes installed per year as a rough, rough number. It's hovered around that level for a few um, well, years. Actually, right? let me give you uh, an update. So we look at, just quickly, you're looking at about uh, last year, 287, 300,000. Yep. The year before, new homes. In addition, we had um, sort of 65,000 upgrades or replacements. 65,000, nice. Yeah, yeah so okay. you're looking at, um, so, so the total residential installations, you're looking at about sort of call it 350, 360,000. Yep. Of which 65,000 is, is we the call replacement it stuff. Replacements, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so bear in mind, um, this shouldn't be a surprise when you think of um, all the really small systems that were that were installed, we had over 300,000 for a couple of years. Yep. Uh, sort of one kilowatt, one and a half kilowatt, maybe a little bit bigger. So all yep. of those are ripe for are replacement. Now being yeah. In fact, last night, um, a vague recollection of a conversation with someone, um, and he was saying, yeah, about 20% of my business now is just that replacement yes. stuff. Yes. Uh, and, and very few being upgraded. 
um, it's much easier to just pull the old system out yep. and just put a new one in. That's, that's what we're seeing yeah. uh, through the numbers, actually. Can you differentiate complete replacements and addition uh, out of interest and upgrade? Not really, um, no. but I think what we've found is most, there's very few upgrades, right. we think. Right. Um, but no, we can't distinguish between them, yeah. but you can. But we can distinguish the average size of, of a system that got upgraded, and it's right. a little bit less than the average size of the system, the right. new system that's going right. in. Right, right, so right. So there's not much difference. So we figure it's pretty well mainly just um, replacing existing ones, and then you might have, some people might have, um, some of the initial people going solar might have had constraints with roofs and whatnot, and so you can't go out, you can't max out Right, as much as you you right. might otherwise. Right. So it's all it's all about it's all about the the balance of of price and demand and and technological solutions that yeah. might allow us to install on some roofs that you couldn't do previously. So there's yeah. this, there's this constant balancing act. It's interesting. We used to have a theory when I was doing the forecasting stuff many many years ago. We had a theory. I say we uh, Warwick Johnston and I we had a theory that once you reached about sixty to seventy percent penetration rate. Um, you really, it really had to start slowing down. Then, what, do you do you have a number in your head that you think the market really starts to soften at? Oh well, we factor that in our sort of essentially it's a deployment curve or a yep. saturation curve, um, and we see it dropping off. But I just caution you because we, we you've got to add back to hundred thousand new homes every year. Right. So so you've got to be careful using the you know what percentage and yep. and um, so we. We look at the combined number of houses, so, yep. but we yes, we, we'll see it. We, we'll sh we expect it to see a drop off well before now, driven mainly because of the poorer economics. Yes, um, with feeding tariffs falling. Right. Um, and but that hasn't happened. It happened this year. Ah. But yeah. So this year we're seeing um, we're going to be overstating. We're going to we're going to be wrong on the downside. Uh, in other, we're going to be too aggressive in our forecast. Oh really? Yeah, because the um, when you look at the STC market, the clearinghouse is in play. So we're we're generating less STCs, installing less systems than we had projected. Now is that uh, so? Okay. Now we know system sizes are growing, so there's less numbers of systems. But you're looking at the total megawatts, total megawatts, yeah. gigawatts it's, it's as well, less, right? Yes. So it's this still going to be less. less. Yes. Yeah. Right. You can see it. Um, what are you guys doing? Lost opportunity out there. The market's well, declining. Well, it's been interesting trying to work out what what's driving that. And so you had um, early in the year we had we got off to a really lousy start. We did because really you had bad floods, wet, wet weather it hasn't stopped raining in Sydney apparently. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, let alone you had um, you couldn't get tradesmen because they were all either isolating or um, uh, or had COVID. Yeah. Uh, and we had you, supply issues. Supply issues and. and and one of the things, one of the things that's coming through some some of the other interviews we've done is, um, our sector's been competing with the construction industry, particularly uh, the you know the new home, new home and and um, and renovation, and so it was hard for, to get skills for but, labour. Yeah, 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 so yeah, that's starting to ease now. Uh, we're hearing. Yep. So um, so there's a bunch of factors, and means we had a really lousy start, but it seems to be picking up. Right. But, to tell you the truth, Nigel, I thought it would be a bit higher than where it is now. Right. And so, but we we are expecting a bit of a surge to Christmas, right. as we've seen. We usually get a we usually get a Christmas surge, don't we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Unless this year's going to be different. Yeah. <laughs> I don't. Well, I mean, 
Well, I mean, just getting just getting yeah. uh, anything shipped around Australia yeah. across Victoria, New South Wales, at yeah. Queensland at the moment is a real problem. Yeah. Um, I was chatting with uh, another industry pioneer, Chris Stork, the other day, who said oh, yeah. he spent the last week, he's uh, up around Ballarat Way, he's just spent the whole last week going around uh, inspecting flooded batteries in off-grid systems. Um, oh, yeah. and, and, of course, there's a lot of people out there who've been really, really badly impacted. So... That, that there's potentially a boom in some areas yes, yes. for replacement stuff, but of course that's going to take a while and well, it's going to yes. take a while to flow through. Hmm. Okay. Um, all right. Um, so, yeah, one of the questions I always pondered is that when we look at take-up rates and penetration rates that flow on from that, uh, it, 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 it's up and down, right? We don't have... it's. It's not called the solar coaster for nothing. No, yeah. it, it's, it's absolutely up and down. Um, do, you, do you see a point at which the economics, if, if the economics get good enough, that that just overrides the, the fickle nature of consumers and, and it just storms on? I mean, we've seen indicators of that in the past, but there, there, there still seems to be so many fickle drivers to the consumer market when it comes to uptake solar. What, what, what's your view on how that operates? Okay, so the, um, I think, the, yes, it is always, it's always difficult to try to gauge that. And, um, and I think what we try to, to sort of see through that over time to look at how the, uh, how the project economics or the system paybacks work. Yep. And so the, the key things we, the key problem areas we saw uh, coming at us, looming really fast, was, um, you know, we've got high levels of solar penetration in the middle of the day, yep. and so we're seeing um, negative prices, like, you know, Victoria, South Australia, significant amount of negative prices, and it wasn't, you could easily see a scenario where you were going to have to pay if you are going to export yes. in a few years' in yeah. A few time. Yeah, 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 we've all been warned about it, yeah. yeah. And so, and the other thing, um, I'm not sure if you've noticed, but um, we're starting to hit every... I say nearly every year, or every six months, we're hitting a record minimum demand yep. in a number of states. Queensland, in fact, nearly all states, and that's driven because driven by um, behind the meter solar. And so, can, you know, we're going to see more and more um, systems being curtailed. Yep. Um, and it started happening. It's starting to happen, and that'll just increase. So you've got curtailment. You've got negative prices. That'll feed into lower feed-in tariffs. And so the attractiveness will, will reduce. Yep. But on the flip side, what we see though, um, Today, today's headline, right? Fifty percent power increase next year. It's being forecast yes. by the well, government. Yes. Is yeah. that the flip side? Well, no. I was going to say that that drives next year and the year after. Ah. But what will the longer term impact though is going to be batteries. Of and course. so at some point in the not too distant future, it's PV with batteries is going to be so attractive. Yep, we're going to roll it out at scale. Yeah. So, and we see, we sort of see a bit of a drop off, and then a, a recovery again. Yep. And look, and there's a lot of systems. As the old systems get replaced, they'll be replaced PV with batteries. Yep. Is our contention. Yep. And that the battery solves a number of issues. Yep. You know, improves the economics, but also deal starts to deal not fully with, with the, the curtailment. Yeah. It starts yeah, to yeah. help that um, in the distribution networks. Yep. Yep. Um, so that's how we longer term. Well, that's the way we see it play out. And then there's another factor, which is even uh, is electrification. 
So we're of going to course. be moving to, um, uh, to, you know, get rid of a lot of gas appliances, go into, a, you know, into uh, electric appliances, yep. EV charging. Yep. Um, and so you're looking at a demand scenario in the future that's different, but it's going to be renewables, a renewable grid, and we're going to need storage. Yeah. And behind the meter storage is going to be really attractive. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Expect. Okay. So that's probably the... The key thing yep. uh, on a longer term basis is PV and batteries. PV and batteries. And how quickly we get there depends on cost, supply chain, and you know a whole lot of things. It's uh, never going to be boring, that's for sure. Um, we um, we do need to take a, a, a very short um, break and hear a word from our sponsors. Solar Juice is Australia's leading solar distributor, providing complete residential and commercial rooftop solar component solutions. Solar Juice aligns themselves with brands that share their values of service, support, quality and value for money. Like their panel brands, REC, Hyundai, Trina and Longy. Their inverters, SMA, Fronius and Sungro, along with the Tesla Powerwall battery. Check out solarjuice.com.au and let Solar Juice help you become a great solar business. Great Solar Business is also brought to you by Solar Analytics. From just $40 a year, Solar Analytics can help solar owners save an extra $400 by recommending the ideal energy plan. Solar Analytics, it's different. Learn more at solaranalytics.com.au. All right, we're back. We're here live at um, All Energy 2022. Uh, I think I have to say, Rick, just looking around the hall, we can, we can, it's the biggest hall I reckon I've ever seen. What about you? I think so. I think so as well. Mind you, it's hard to get a fix because we haven't been here for two years. Yeah, haven't we? That's right. um, but yeah, it sort of seems like an awful lot of people. Luckily, when I came in this morning, it's sort of oh my god, where am I going to find our staff? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh -huh. Exciting times. Yeah. Um, uh, thank you to our sponsors who keep the wheels turning. I know the Solar Juice guys uh, down the uh, down the other end of the hall drop in and see their fantastic booth uh, and pick up some deals from them. Um, all right, we're back, and, and I really want to switch to the future now, Rick, and the forecast work that you've been doing with AEMO, the long-term stuff's particularly interesting. I might talk about that. So, you know, there's four or 5,000 solar businesses in Australia, a lot of them here uh, for this 48-hour uh, show. Um, you know, the key thing that I'm trying to get to here is what do these guys and girls need to prepare for? What do they need to be ready for? In their businesses over the next couple of years. So, if I can, if I can hit you with a couple of quick ones. So, peak solar is is kind of coming, but there are a lot of factors that you think are going to stop that from taking us off a cliff. So, for the next couple of years, business as usual. Okay. So, we, I think we need to distinguish between peak solar is just we're maxing out. Yep. We're not expecting. I think under. I think, and even under the AEMO, we looked at a number of scenarios, even some of the sort of more pessimistic scenarios. It'll drop off, but you're, I think you're, you're going to be around three gigawatts. Right, every uh, year. Yeah, behind the meter solar. Right. I think, at least in the near in the near term, yep. it's hard to see going below that. Okay, just good. because of the momentum. Good. And, and it's the, while the paybacks have come off, they're still attractive, and then you've got power prices are rising. Right, and that's the so the best, underlying underlying yeah, economics the, get better again. Best, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the best thing for um to to help promote solar. Yep, yep. And it just engages customers so much. We're in a post-COVID world now, so you know you get on the plane, you don't need to wear a mask. People are out. Of, there's been ten thousand people here. 
hugging and, and, and catching up in, in the old ways. Yeah. And so confidence is starting to come back too, is the sense I get in yeah. the community. It's still tough out there. No one can hire anyone. No one can get enough staff. Everyone's yeah. battling, but we are on, on, on the upsurge. What, what um, uh, I was chatting with my boss, uh, Stefan Yarnison, this morning, and, and he was saying, you know, his, his intuition is telling him after 25 years in the game, we're not going to drop below 300,000 systems a year. In fact, yeah. we're probably going to be at three to 500,000 systems every year, almost forever, because of all these other factors, the <laughs> yes. replacement market and everything else. W would you agree with that contention? Uh, well, I think uh, it's an interesting observation because um, with the work we're doing with AEMO, um, we have we look at a number of the scenarios, some of the more aggressive, yep. like step change or yep. export superpower, where we're seeing massive rollout of renewables, massive increase in electricity consumption, lots of storage, and we're seeing over 500,000 potential under some of those scenarios, 500,000 wow. systems sold every year. Wow. How far away is that? Um, oh, that'll be later, oh, in the next five, by, the end, by 2030, before then. 2030. Yeah. Depends on some of those scenarios, how quickly. So that's driven by policy change, some of those scenarios, yep. and yep. it depends how serious we are about climate climate and emission reduction, yep. and it looks like we're getting serious, but 43% is not enough uh, federally, but we're expecting that ambition is going to increase. And so even looking at Victoria, they brought forward their emission reductions to sort of 75 to 80% emission reductions by 2035. Yep. So in the next 10 years or so, we're going to have to really get our skates on. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow, wow. So if you're a solar business out there, this is all great news, right? This is great news. Essentially, long, long the, term, this, yeah, long term, essentially the demand is going to stay fairly consistent, yep, right? Yep. So not heaps, not the mega growth that we used to have, which is an important point yeah. because if you're projecting on mega growth coming, we're probably not going to see that anymore. Yeah. But we'll see a steady market. Yeah, well, we'll see this year when we present the figures for this year. This will be the first. 2022 will be the first year in about five or six or four or five that we've actually seen a cons contraction in the level of, yep. of meg megawatts installed. Yep. So it has come off this year, yep. but we think we think it, it might even recover a bit next year, but yep. we're probably re reaching some sort of plateauing, I'd say. Right, plat the plateau. So it's not the solar peak, it's the solar plateau. Yeah, at some point we're going to get there. You yes. know, as the um, industry matures, yep. uh, you're going to get to a level of installations that will support that. And particularly if you've got sort of 65, 75, 80,000 replacement systems coming in every year, yep. that's an ongoing market that will continue. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that theoretically, that replacement market should start to grow very substantially, if yes. I'm not mistaken, right? It should. We, we were doing some rough numbers the other day going, well, you know, if there's 5 million systems installed, 10% of them, uh, 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 a bunch of them are 10 years old, 10% of them get replaced, you've got, you got 500,000 systems there that you've got to start yeah, no, replacing. There's a lot. Yeah, no, there's a lot. It's an awful yeah. lot, And right? we're starting to see that, we're starting to see that part of the market. When, uh, when is that going to start really lifting, do you think? Well, it started already. Um, I think, oh, hang on, I think, let me just, uh, I'll, um, I'll re Defer to my numbers, just so. But we're starting to see it grow now, right? Um, and so I think, I, what did I mention? The um, sixty-three, uh, sixty-five thousand. We see it in the, over the next three or four years, growing to hundred thousand. In the next three or four years. Yeah. So there think about hundred thousand replacement uh, systems, and then you've got another hundred thousand um, new homes. Yep. And you haven't touched. Yeah. You, you haven't, haven't touched. Changed, in other words, you haven't touched uh, saturation on yep. that basis. Yep. Beautiful. And of course, the other side of this is that. As systems get 
more sophisticated as we get more batteries, as we get more automation in home, as we get more electric vehicles, the value of those systems, the sale price that you can get for that solar system yes. goes up substantially. So That's right. have you done any modeling around the value? I was chatting with someone just last night saying, well, the solar industry is worth about $2 billion a year at the moment. Have you looked at it in those terms? Mm. I mean, there's, there's the cost fall that we naturally yeah. get through uh, reductions in manufacturing costs, but uh, there's an increase in the revenue and the, and the price of those systems. Well, but you look, you look at it, you've got, uh, what do you got? Three gigawatts installed at, what's the average? Um, you know, dollar, dollar or what? Well, less. Say installed, no, but installed, yep. install cost. Um, so there's your, so if it's a dollar or what, you've got three, um, three billion and you haven't even started. Yep. Let alone, you know, there's got to be more than that. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, because then that's the net after HTCs, yep. what about, but the real value is a lot more than that, maybe. Of course. And, and then once you factor in batteries, what have we got, 30,000 batteries a year? Yep. Um, how much is, so then you'll get to another, uh, another 300, 300 million? Yep, so easy. You're, you're up, I'd say the size of the industry with batteries, um, you're probably closer to 4 billion. Yeah. Just uh, off, the, off the cuff. Off the cuff. Yes. Beautiful, beautiful. Um, where do we go? What do we go? Um, so let's. I just want to jump back to the emo stuff and the long-term forecasting. So where where do where, give me some headline figures right out in the future, 2040, 2050. You know what what are the implications that you're uncovering when you're doing okay. this work for emo? What does uh, the market look like? Well, the, yeah, the big the big okay. A couple of things you're looking at. Um, I think we worked out that um, you're looking at maybe sort of seven, depending on the state, but you look maybe between 60 to 70, 80% of homes of detached, semi-detached have PV, and then about 80% of those will have a battery. Wow. So there's a, we expect a lot of distributed batteries. Yep. Uh, and certainly depends on the scenario, but some of the more aggressive scenarios. Yep. Um, and probably the other, but the other thing we've also had to factor in the level of curtailment increases. Yep. Um, and sort of, so what that means is you're probably going to need a battery, but even the battery's not enough to actually soak up all the solar right. and at the distribution level. And so we think we need to refine our models to look at distribution level curtailment. We, right. We're dealing with it at the, at the sort of transmission level, yep. and, but it's in distribution grids, it's going to be a problem. Yeah. You're going to have a problem getting that level of PV into distribution into of the network, network. And which is what which is why we need EVs it's why we need yeah. batteries it's why we yeah. need automation to yeah. soak up all that energy in the home because yeah. it won't be able to go in the grid no that's right but but nevertheless even allowing for that yep um, you know we still see a, a massive amount of solar and batteries coming in so what how far out did you go 2040 2055 2055 what's the total installed capacity in 2055 in Australia oh I'll have to look up the limits, but it's nuts. <laughs> <laughs> and what we've do, and we actually look at... It must at, be like hundreds of gigawatts almost, right? Of, uh, of, of, yeah, I think I'll, I'll need to look at... Oh, look, I've, I've just, I just haven't got the number off the top of my head, but no I, if worries. you gave me, gave me a minute or two, I'd, I'd find it. <laughs> uh, but what we've also allowed for is the um, degradation and we've, we've um, allowed oh, the for... the loss of output over time. Yeah, we're allowed, okay. you know, we allow for the uh, changing out. So in right. other words... We allow for the replacement, and we're not double counting. So these are just right. new capacity, or and so we have that. Right. Yes, crazy number. Crazy number. Yes, yes, and a lot of batteries too. <laughs> I, I bet you. Um, 
Well, what a great way to start the show. Um, if, I was, uh, if I was any of you, I'd be getting around with a shopping list right now and working <laughs> out what tech you're going to need over the next couple of years. We can already see this happening. We can already see people saying, I need more sophisticated systems. I need to really find a battery that's going to work. I need suppliers that are going to help me do this yeah. faster, cheaper, easier. I need the smarts behind it to deliver the value through software and other services. So yeah, it's a great opportunity for everyone. All right, we're, we're uh, sadly out of time, Rick, but um, uh, I, I want everyone to pay particular attention to this because I know you are particular, you have a very good crystal ball. A very, <laughs> very good crystal ball. You've been doing this for a long, long time. Spectacularly reliable. Given everything we've discussed, let's bring it back to the next one to two years because that's, that's, the, that's the sort of shopping yeah. list that we've got to look at today at the show. For a solar business, what do you think is going to be the market? What's your projection for the next one to two years? You said this year a little bit soft. You yeah. think a recovery next year? Yeah, so you're looking at you know, plus or mi- uh, three gigawatts plus or minus, I reckon is going to be the market yep. for this year, maybe yep. a little bit less this year and the next couple of years, right. three gigawatts. So just pretty yeah. solar plateau. Yeah, I reckon plus or minus a bit, yep. um, but we're not. I, I'd be surprised if we saw some of the lurches that we've seen right. in the past. Yep. And th- I think we'll be probably under two, three gigawatts this year, which will be a reduction on the three and a half or so we had last year. Right, right. So there is a contraction, you know, 500 megawatt contraction. Yeah. Which is yes. a, a lot of megawatts. Not insubstantial, is yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. Um, but still, and, and so you've still got um, uh, over 300,000 um, sort of residential installs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rolling out. Wow. So it's like we've been on the solar coaster for... 30 years and we've come to that long bit where you just cruise along at the very end of the ride I, now. We're just going to yeah. cruise a, along. I think that's a good analogy because it's a sign of, you know, what happens with the maturing industries, you know, because you've got exactly. the replacements to sort of make, a, you know, start to create its own momentum. Yep. And then you've got the new home. So that's, I think, I challenge people to think about it in those ways. Yep. You know, the replace, you, you know, you mature enough that you're replacing and then you've got new home. The other thing, Probably the other thing I'd sort of um, uh, probably say is um, electrification and heat pumps. Yeah. Every, a lot of people talking about heat pumps, both air source heat pump and, uh, and sort of uh, split system. So we see that's going to be an important potential market and how you, whether you factor into your own business or not, but certainly advising customers. Um, yep. um, and particularly here in Victoria, where we've got... A, Victoria and South Australia, we've got significant um, gas penetration for hot yep. water. Um, yep. But even New South Wales, I think, has got maybe 25% of um, hot water is gas. Yep. And so we should be getting off. Progressively, there will be in- incentives to get off gas. Right. More electric. Yeah. So yep. that will change the uh, household's electricity mix. Yeah. Yeah. So again, in that next one to two year period, uh, fairly steady. If everything goes according to plan. But that replacement market for soaking up the load is yeah. where all the where all the new opportunities are going to come. Potentially, from. Yeah, 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 including sort of EVs too. Of we're going we're to we will roll out more EVs. We're, we're all waiting. Yeah. We're all waiting for the for the EV boom. Um, Rick, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. But sadly, we're out of time. Thanks so much for joining, Thank you, Nigel. I never get pleasure. to shake hands with anyone. <laughs> um, folks, my name's Nigel Morris. I'm the head of business development at Solar Analytics. Thanks so much for joining us today. Uh, thanks, listeners. When you're listening to this. And we will talk to you again in a couple of weeks. Great Solar Business was brought to you by Solar Juice, Australia's leading solar distributor. 
Sologuice aligns themselves with brands that share their values of service, support, quality and value for money. Check out sologuice.com.au and let Sologuice help you become a great solar business. Great Solar Business was also brought to you by Solar Analytics. You can now offer Solar Analytics from just $40 per year by connecting it directly to Fronius and SunGrow inverters. No additional hardware required, just extra value. Solar Analytics, it's different. Learn more at solaranalytics.com.au.